look who's coming up. Let's start that over. We have a massive show for everybody, uh, and it works so much better when you can hear it. Andy McNamara is going to drop by. So much has happened since uh, we last talked to Andy in the National Football League when it comes to cuts. Big contract today from Russell Wilson. So we'll talk with Andy about that and anything you need to know uh, lately uh, going into your draft, last-minute drafts, Andy can answer some of your questions today. Russell Wilson, big deal. Uh, 33 years old. Unbelievable. 33 years old. Massive deal. $165 million guaranteed more than Kyler Murray got. So we'll talk to Andy about that. And Chinlock Wrestling tonight on Twitch, right here on this channel. Oh, yeah. Andy's going to join us. We're just going to cut some wrestling promos. He is really good at that. I am not so good. So anyway... I want to know uh, about Shady Guy in your drafts. This is the guy that tries to get away with stuff like outright or girl, calling a guy up from the minor leagues that's not supposed to be there, sneaking a guy from uh, you know onto the injured list that's not supposed to be there. Like just outright cheating when you're not looking. Shady Guy, different than loophole guy or loophole girl. They just take advantage of things. Shady Guy outright cheats. So I want to know about Shady Guy and Peter Labardius of Flames Radio. Man, I tweeted that the Flames were done. I thought the Flames were DOA and there was no more Battle of Alberta. Holy mackerel, have I been proven wrong for like the millionth time. It's unbelievable, though, the, the, the reaction that Brad Tree Living had was instantaneous. He's like ripping it off like a Band-Aid going to work. The summer of tree living. It's been sensational. Uh, also, we'll get to your top th- our top three, our question of the day and games to watch. Thank you very much, uh, Andrea and Arnie, for letting me know that the audio was not working. So appreciate that. Works much better when everything is turned on. Uh, as uh, I mentioned that nobody uh, was hearing off the bat, a huge uh, trade in the NBA, courtesy of Woj. Uh, Utah is trading Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. Uh, the Cavs are sending sending Laurie Markkinen, Ocher, Agbaji, Colin Sexton, three unprotected first round picks and two pick swaps. So that's according to Adrian uh, Warjanowski. So right off the bat, some breaking news uh, in the NBA that is going to you know impact uh, some drafts uh, and uh, a lot of other things as well in in the fantasy world. So we've got our guest list. You know who's going to be on the show. We'll get to uh, our top three. And our uh, question of the day, uh, but just want to announce something, courtesy of uh, Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports. This is going to be a game changer. Get yourselves ready to race at great heights to become the Global Sim Racing Champion. Create your crypto livery. Enter with the best designs. Enter to win prizes. Outrace your competition. Winning is all that matters. Watch the other racers in your rear view mirror. Gain massive exposure battling against the biggest names in crypto with a season long race for the championship. 
bring glory to your token. Drive like a champion, win it all. Be first or last. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing. Get behind the wheel and drive for your project. I don't know what's going on with the sound, but something is going on with my sound. I apologize. I don't know why it keeps dropping out, but I will definitely keep an eye on, on it. Maybe it's our ghost. We, you know, this place is haunted. Uh, our building is built on an old hospital in St. Albert, so we have a ghost named Henry. So sometimes he messes with stuff. Um, you know, sometimes he puts our furniture on the ceiling. Other times he's just moving forks and stuff. But anyway, I'll, I'll see if Henry can stop turning the uh, audio off. Thank you, Liz, uh, for pointing that out again. But anyway, what is the stat coordinate category you had? I have no idea if anybody was listening or, or could hear that. But shorthanded time on ice is huge. Uh, defensive defensemen that kill penalties are so valuable in the actual league, and now they'll be valuable in the UFHL. So that's really, really important. So I'd love to know uh, in your leagues uh, out there uh, when it comes to fantasy, what is one stat that you have added or your league has added, um, whether you like it or you don't like it, uh, let me know what one stat is. Oh, by the way, Canada, they have scored. Canada taking on Sweden. At the World Women's Hockey Championship, it is now 3 0. Uh, and we got the Mets and the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw returning to the Hill for the Dodgers today. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Hillary Knight, by the way, all time leading scorer at the World Women's Champion for USA earlier today, passing Haley Wickenheiser. So we're talking stat categories uh, when it comes to. Um, your leagues, whatever it was that you guys added this year. And also, our top three today is your top three teams from Alberta. You might be like, why? Why would you go with this today? Why would you pick top three teams from Alberta on this day of all days? Well, the reason is because on this day in 1905, Alberta became a province. So that is why we are going with top three teams from Alberta. So chime in on that. Let me know uh, what your top three teams, if you have any, from Alberta. I'm going with teams that meant something to me. Number one is the Red Deer Rebels 2001 Memorial Cup champions. I covered that team almost every minute of that season in Red Deer for RDTV. That was so much fun uh, being at that tournament and watching them win in overtime. Jeff Smith, I believe, with the game winner. Uh, 2005 Alberta Golden Bears, they win in overtime. Ben Thompson with the overtime winner. I also followed that team. It was part of the broadcast, and it was during the lockout, so it was on Sportsnet. It was packed at what was then uh, Rexall Place. Uh, so that was really, really cool to be a part of that. Uh, Bob Stoffer with a call on TM, Team 1260 then. And the 2015 Great Cup champions, Edmonton Eskimos. They're now the Elks, but they were the Eskimos. I was also at that game covering that for global television. That was also in overtime. Uh, Ed Hervey scoring a touchdown. Danny Machocha famously uh, jumping onto the field before the game was over. Uh, so my top three are Red Deer Rebels 01 Memorial Cup. 05 Alberta Golden Bears and 2015 uh, Eskimos, who are now the Elks. 
from Alberta. Because it is Alberta's birthday, September 1st, 1905, uh, we joined as a province. Okay, so we got the uh, question of the day. We have the top three. We've told you about uh, the big VR1 details, which is uh, just absolutely massive. Uh, I, I just, I can't wait. I think it's going to be so cool. And I, I think that, you know, people are going to re- just realize how effective this is going to be. Not just how entertaining this is going to be, but how effective this is going to be. As, as an advertising marketing tool or something, uh, you know, it depends on what you're looking at. Can't wait for it. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. And uh, yeah, if you want any information, just send an email. Info at uffsports.com. Here's our contact information, info at uffsports.com, UFS Network on Twitter, UFS Sports as well, UFS Sports Official on Instagram, and the website uffsports.com. You can get all that information uh, right there that you need to get in this uh, really awesome marketing campaign that we will have league racing Uh, it's going to be fun it's going to be entertaining but it's also going to be really really beneficial uh, for platforms and uh, um, projects and companies that want to get involved so that's the contact information this is what we have coming up on the show would love to hear your thoughts uh, in the chat oh Arnie thought I was talking about the McRib. Like, honestly, I'm with the people that are anti-McRib. Like, I think two of the grossest things you can eat are a McRib or a filet of fish Just me, just personally. I could eat like a million cheeseburgers from McDonald's. I just wouldn't eat those things. So I was definitely was not talking about McRib. Just checking to make sure the mic is on. Um, Nick TVIP only team I loved was the 89 flames lived in Calgary when they won was so happy for Lanny McDonald. That's true. I think everybody was happy for Lanny for sure. Crypto Klein. Hey everyone. How are you? So yeah, we're talking, uh, top three franchises from Alberta, but we're also talking about some, uh, hockey news today as well. The Dallas Stars have signed Jake Ottinger, goaltender, to a four or a three-year deal worth four million dollars. This is interesting for a few reasons. One, uh, Jake Ottinger was one of two restricted free agents that they had to sign. Coming off a season where he played almost 50 games, had a goals against average just over 250 and a save percentage of almost 915. And he's a young guy too. Like he's like 23. So the other thing that's, so it's, they have a, a goaltender locked up for the next uh, three years at $4 million. That's pretty good. Their other goalie, Scott Wedgwood, is making a million. So their goaltending tandem for the next two years is $5 million. And they've got Anton Hudobin 
heading to IR, it's going to free up about $3.3 million. And pretty much all of it's going to Jason Robertson. Like, you have a guy who's 23 years old that scored 40. He's getting paid. He is going to get paid. I mean, that's the last thing they have to do. How much do, does he want? How much does he want to save for them to go out and do anything? How long is the deal? I would not bridge this guy if I was the Dallas Stars. If you're a Dallas Stars fan, or if you are the Titans in UFHL, you like it? Do you like this deal for, like, I like this deal for Jake Ottinger. I just wonder how much do you have left for Jason Robertson? You know, the Sagan making $9 million. But those are the last guys. Sagan and Bannon are the only two guys in the last little while that I can think of that scored 40. I don't think Pavelski got 40 when he was there. So, pretty interesting deal. Um, I think the uh, Titans should like it. You get a, a starting goaltender locked up for... That cap hit, and if you're in a cap league, you love it. Guy that's a bit of a workhorse. So the Titans in the UFHL should be happy. Dallas Stars fans should be happy. I think so. Also, we're going to preview the Buffalo Sabres today. On our NHL preview. All right. My man, Andy McNamara. You know what we're doing? This is what we're going to do. This is how excited I am to bring this guy on. We're blowing off the 220 break. Now, like I know our program director, Jamie Thomas, might get mad, but this is too important. We have uh, some big football news to talk about, and we have some wrestling news to talk about. So, in the spirit of... uh, Howard Stern, we're just saying to heck with our program director, and we're bringing Andy McNamara in right now. There you are. Andy, how are you, man? How's it going? Doing good, brother. How are you? I am so excited. Uh, This is going to be such a great show. I I can't wait to get to uh, Chinlock Wrestling, which is coming up tonight at 7 p.m. right here on Twitch. But first of all, I'm going to ask you about this Russell Wilson deal. I mean, 33 years old. Uh, he gets five million more guaranteed than Kyler Murray got. I, I don't get it. Like I just, I just, it blows my mind the amount of money that this guy is getting at thirty-three. Still a good quarterback, but are, are you, you know, for a guy that's in a salary cap league, this has to be concerning if you have Russell Wilson. Well, if, the thing is, he has the Super Bowl. Kids start throwing a football. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Start throwing a football. It pays. Because we know if you do not have a competent quarterback in the NFL, you go nowhere. So you overpay. That, that length of term, uh, what are the chances Russell Wilson is going to be at his peak near the end of that? Not very likely. But he has had good health for his whole career. Last year, the finger thing was, eh, that's not concerning. It's not like blowing out a knee or something. You know, jammed his finger, broke it, whatever. He, right. he, he's fine. You look at the weapons around him. The Denver Broncos made this deal because they believe that they are a quarterback away from going back to the Super Bowl. You look at the weapons around him. You look at the defense, maybe not at the Von Miller in his prime era uh, level, but I compare it, Dean, to 
really sort of uh, a bit of an upgrade from what he left in Seattle because you have your big body guy, DK Metcalf, who I love in Seattle. Well, in Denver, you have Cortland Sutton. In Seattle, you had Tyler Lockett. In Denver, I believe you have a younger upgraded version of that in Jerry Judy. KJ Hamler out of the mm. slot. Got a nice backfield with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. So you have all the pieces there. They just were not going to get it done with Drew Locke. And you know what? Russell, Russell, they feel Russell can do it, so they're going to pay the man and uh, see what happens in that super tough AFC West. Uh, yeah, and like, I, I guess there's no point in buying the Denver Broncos uh, and just tearing it down in what is one of the, if not the most competitive divisions in the NFL this year. Um, So, uh, you know, and and they made the trade. uh, And and I guess, you know, this is probably something that they had been working on from what I've uh, read, like right from the very beginning. Uh, The one thing I have read is that this guy, you know, even at 33, seems like he's 25 with, you know, the excitement, uh, the enthusiasm. The question is, is the body, uh, you know, can, can, you know, if, if Russell Wilson can hold up, this team can be a Super Bowl contender. Is where does Denver rank as far as quarterbacks in that AFC West? Well, Dean, when we look at Russell Wilson, uh, and I want to get back to your point where they rank, but I want to point out the statistics with Russell Wilson. And when you look at it fantasy wise, I think he is one of the most overlooked quarterbacks for the most number of years. If you look at his the stats right there, Russell Wilson is always now again outside of the finger year. The dude's always a top 12 fantasy quarterback, usually a top 10, usually a top eight. The man has thrown single digit, single digit interceptions in one, two, three, four, five, six of his NFL seasons and has not eclipsed 13 interceptions while usually hitting the 30 mid 30s mark when it comes to touchdowns. He also has some rushing value. So real life wise, fantasy wise, Russell Wilson is as consistent as it gets. Now, the interesting part where you ask is, where does he rank in that AFC West? Well, I feel if, if the Chiefs still had Tyreek Hill, they would be at the top, no doubt. But they don't. So now you have a 33-year-old Travis Kelsey who's starting to be on the downside a little bit. He's still going to get funneled. But you have Juju Smith-Schuster. When he's better as a number two, you got McCall Hardman. He's just a guy. And you got Sammy Watkins. People, in redraft fantasy leagues, let me tell you. Stop with Sammy Watkins. Get off the Sammy Watkins uh, drugs. Go to rehab. It's done. Stop it. It's over. He's never been the guy. He's not going to be the guy. I'm tired of getting Sammy Watkins questions. Not happening. It, it, I don't care where he goes. It consistently. Can't, he can't do it. So now, Dean, we look at, all right, Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback, but Denver Broncos, I feel, have the better offense. Okay, well, what about Devontae Adams joining the Raiders with Derek Carr? Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, you got Justin Herbert who's Josh Allen light right now, and he's got a pretty stacked offense too. So if I'm looking at it, I'm saying I'm still going to put Kansas City number one because of Patrick Mahomes. I think you go the best quarterback count. Then I'll put the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders. But really, Dean, like all four of these teams should be playoff teams. Like all of them could be a a division, a challenge for a division title in in any other division in the NFL. So does that mean, would you say then like wait and and – wait till take one of those guys like you know don't maybe don't jump on the josh allen uh quarterback bandwagon right now um you know wait a little while and get what take any one of those four guys and and you're going to be pretty good uh, at the quarterback position this year i still have josh allen in my rankings um as the top guy sure uh, i still think he he he, he, it, he does separate i feel um 
But that being said, it really depends how the draft falls to you. So for draft, a lot of redraft leagues are happening this week. So you have to really see, all right, where am I drafting, especially in that first round? That sets the tone. If you're a top, if we're taking 12 team redraft and you're a top five, six pick, well, you go running back, you know, sure. and then if you, you're below that, you go sort of best position, but you, you kind of have to let the quarterback go to you and wh- how your draft falls. Do you, have you already gotten early? your two top running backs and you like a wide receiver and you're in the fourth round, well, heck, maybe, maybe you go get the best guy. But if you have to wait, you're not going wrong with really any of these quarterbacks. And really, Derek Carr still is the fourth best quarterback mm-hmm. in that division. But man, Dean, if you look at his numbers, if you look at Derek Carr's numbers, and now with a weapon like Devontae Adams, you add five to eight more passing touchdowns for Derek Carr, which is a real possibility. His passing yards put him right in top 12 fantasy QB numbers. He just needs the weapon to help him get there. And I think he's got it in Devontae Adams. He, you know, I had Derek Carr in a two QB league last year. Uh, and he, because Darren Waller went off, especially, you know, in his streaky times, it was great. But then as everybody know, knew what happened, they just clamped down and now they have that extra weapon. And you're right. Uh, Derek Carr, on his own, I don't think anybody's thinking is the elite quarterback, but Derek Carr with the weapons around him and, and still a decent running game, this could be a uh, you know could be a possible sleeper pick this year. Absolutely, it would not surprise me at all if we saw Derek Carr squeeze in to a top twelve, and by top twelve I mean probably like eleven or twelve. Mm. But that's still something where, again, depending how your league builds up, I always in redraft leagues I personally try to take the strategy of taking two quarterbacks and two tight ends to help with the bye week coverage. And if one guy goes off, well, you got trade bait right there. So like last year, for example, I went Dak Prescott and then waited and I got Jalen Hurts. Well, I, I ended up starting Jalen Hurts right. more often than not, right? So I had the bye week coverage and I had the stud to be able to, to sort of fall back on that way. So if Derek Carr is sort of your, your second, you get a, you know, you get a, maybe it's Russell Wilson. And then you swing back later and get Derek Carr. Boy, that's a pretty wow. good looking tandem. Oh my goodness! And you're, you know, in you're going to just most of the time get a ton of points. Uh, you know, if hopefully you don't have yeah. a bunch of uh, too many negative points for interceptions, because a lot of those quarterbacks are going to be throwing, you know, late in games trying to come back because it's going to be such a, a competitive division. We we chatted the other day about the 49ers. and and what did you say about downgrading? And what did they do? They Go with Jimmy G, and, and it's like Kyle Shanahan can't quit Jimmy G, and I think it's smart. I think Jimmy G is a is a good security blanket, and you know I'm not saying I think Jimmy G is going to be awesome this year, but I I do think Jimmy G is going to do something important for the 49ers this year, and might be enough to help somebody uh, you know clinch something like he's gonna he's he's gonna come in at some point and do something. That, that, that is going to be like, oh, that's Jimmy Garoppolo again. And then he's going to go back to the bench. That's my, that's my prediction. Right. Right. Well, yeah. And the thing is, they openly wanted to deal Jimmy Garoppolo. They weren't getting anywhere near the value and prices that they, they wanted because of his contract, because of his health. So they thought, well, are we going to – like, there's rumors they're going to cut him. And then I think smartly they're like, well, why the heck would we do that? Yeah. Apparently, he has the right mindset. Um, I'm starting to compare this a little bit, Dean, to the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation, right? Where Alex Smith, super generous with his uh, time, Pat Mahomes to this day, 
we'll credit Alex Smith for being so selfless. Well, Jimmy G yeah, took Trey Lance under his wing. Trey Lance was like, oh, I'm so happy Jimmy Garoppolo's yeah. back. He was like super helpful. So if you have Jimmy G who's got that good attitude and you help him with Trey Lance, but let's say things go south with Lance injury pad performance, you can still slide in the guy who people forget took his team to the Super Bowl. So yeah, I think it's a good, I'm not, I'm not touching Jimmy G for fantasy, but real life wise, that is a great, great thing that the 49ers did to help protect themselves. But Jimmy G is going to be picked up on the waiver wire at some point this year, and he's going to go in and he's going to be, he's just, you're going to hear somebody say, Jimmy G helped me win today. I'm telling you, he's going to yeah. help somebody win at least one week this year. He very well could. He's, look, he has the weapons. He knows the offense. He steps right in. You're not missing a beat, right? So it, it very well could happen. And for, for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's a, a situation where, all right, be the good soldier, um, stay healthy. When you get your chances, ball out, and then see how the quarterback market looks next year. Yeah, he just has to get in a few games. Hell, he didn't play that much before, and you know, the, the uh, like there was the sample size was sh- small before he got to San Francisco. Yep. So he, you know, he just has to prove that he can, you know, get, keep a team afloat or, or whatever it might be. Okay, so we got the football stuff out of the way. Now we got to talk about what's coming up tonight here on Ooh. Twitch tv slash ultimate fantasy sports tell us about chinlock wrestling man dean i'm, I'm so i'm so pumped I, i've been a wrestling fan since i was 18 eight years old eight singular eight uh i can remember vividly my mind's eye the first ever match i watched hulk hogan versus andre the giant the referee swerved million dollar man bought off the, the, the other hebner twin and i've been hooked ever since so that's why with these guys at chinlock wrestling i've been working with the Chinlock Wrestling guys, and they do charity shows. So they bring in talent. I've got over, and I've worked with them in one way or another since uh, 2010. I've got to meet Tito Santana, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, wow. Mark Henry, Billy Gunn, Hornswoggle, weird stuff like that. But this one, this is cool because the hardcore legend, you see the guy on your screen right there with the pipes, Tommy Dreamer, ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling legend, Tommy Dreamer is fighting for the heavyweight championship in a no DQ hardcore match. That is tonight. This is the first airing of this show. So we taped it. And this is the my, my guy, Jan Murphy, Justin, the whole crew at Chinlock. They're such great, great guys, legitimately, just good dudes. They put this show together. And I said, hey, man, you know what? You're looking for a place to air. I got one spot for you, baby. And that is twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports where you're watching right now. And so this is going to be something where you're going to see some Great independent, some young rising star talent. For those familiar with the late great Pat Patterson from WWE, his nephew, Zach Patterson, is wrestling on this card. You don't want to miss him. There's tag team, there's other titles, there's a battle royal in this one. But the main event, Tommy Dreamer for the heavyweight championship team, seven o'clock tonight, man. You guys don't want to miss this. You got to check it out. Oh, I cannot wait. Uh, it's going to be so great. Nick VIP, Nick TVIP says, yes, wrestling, Tommy Dreamer, extreme wrestling legend. I mean, yes. I, Battle Royal, you, you have me hooked at Battle Royal because those things are like, it's just, it's, it's outrageous. And there's all, you know, depending on, you know, 
what kind there there might have been or the rules. Uh, it's just outrageous. I just remember seeing guys being flipped over back in the '80s oh, yeah. and things like that. So, battle royal. I you know I love the guys run into the ring or the girl run into the ring. The excitement just builds and builds. I mean, I cannot wait to see this and for you to be part of this, man. Oh. I'm doing the play-by-play. Also, a special guest for those who remember the show, Kenny versus Spenny. You guys remember that from back in the day. Spenny has been a part of Chinlock for the last few years, and he's coming in to manage. We don't know who it is. He's coming in to manage somebody new tonight. Yeah, yeah, you got to see Spenny. So you got some little, you know, little celeb stuff in there too. And uh, it's just going to be so much fun. And yeah, the extreme wrestling, Tommy Dreamer, known as the innovator of violence, the king of the Singapore cane. This guy, if it is a object that you can find in a building, like a trash can, a broom, a, 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 a cookie sheet, he's going to use it on you. And the champ, Justin Kuzner, you see in the uh, CJ Felony, uh, you see in the uh, right beside him with the mask yeah. on there. He's the current champ, and he's going to be in for uh, a world of pain, I believe, with Tommy Dreamer going for the heavyweight championship and would be his first heavyweight championship belt. So we'll see if history can be made tonight. Can you dig it? Can you I can. dig it? I can. I certainly can. I, like, I, I am so beyond excited Woo. for this. Uh, Andrea says, what's more entertaining than wrestling? So much drama. Uh, UFF Sports. Spenny is the world's biggest wiener. Oh, oh it's some trash talking already. You'll see. You'll see tonight. Listen, I'll, I'll say he's not, uh, you know what, he's... Uh, Got a little little full of himself over the last few years. I'll, I'll say, I'll leave it at that. You want to tune in to see to see Spenny, see if he gets his uh, or not. Oh, yeah, man, this this show, it's it's so good. The guys work hard. You'll see, like I said, a lot of different type um, uh, of talent. Guys you haven't seen moved. There, I, listen, like I said, I've been watching wrestling since I was eight, so 1988. And there's there were some moves at this event I saw, and I was like, Dean, I've never seen I don't even know what to call that. I'm doing the play-by-play. I'm like, I don't know what that is. It's some really cool stuff tonight. So you see some young stars, you see some old favorites, and it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a blast. 7 Eastern tonight. Guys, I'm telling you, you want to jump in and watch this, and these uh, these Chinlock guys are, are really cool. Oh, this is going to be so good. And and these guys, you know, like, listen, there are some wrestlers that have made out very well. These guys are putting their body on the line for your entertainment yeah. and doing a hell of a job on it. Oh, yeah, and that's it, right? And you'll see some some guys, and you know what? They're n- never going to be in WWE, busting their butt to try to do it, right? And some some will. Like, I'm telling you, watch this Zach Patterson kid tonight, okay? That that match is, is sensational. And then you have, you have old favorites like Tommy Dreamer. Like, okay, this dude has bled in more wrestling rings than just about anybody in the world. Swings can take punishment. It is... It's, uh, it, it's really cool. And for me personally, Dean, it is so fun. Because I've done play-by-play for all the sports. And, you know, wrestling, you can just, you can just enjoy it. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, okay, well, am I sounding professional enough? You just have – it's wrestling. You just have fun. Just have yeah. fun. Be, be, have, have a great time with it. And that's what we're, we're seeing. And this is their first show back since, uh, since COVID, right? You know, nobody could do anything live, really. Wow. So, um, it, it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, always great to, to meet and see Tommy Dreamer as well. Also, Dean, I don't know if you knew this. Tommy Dreamer is a huge fantasy baseball fan. Really? Huge. I've interviewed him before on Sportsnet. We spent, I want to talk wrestling. I talked 10 minutes with him about fantasy baseball. He's in like these high stakes celebrity leagues 
and all that. Tommy Dreamer is a mega – he's from Yonkers, New York. So he's like – and I can't remember if he's Yankees or Mets. I think Yankees, but don't quote me on it. Um, he's a huge baseball fan. He's big time into fantasy. So maybe, you know what, maybe after this we get uh, get some some good views on it and people uh, pump up Tommy. Maybe we'll see about, uh, you know, see what he wants to do in UFF sports. Who knows? Yeah, maybe get him involved in UFLB. Would uh, definitely love to talk fantasy baseball. I love talking fantasy sports with athletes in general because – yeah. You know, most of them, I don't say all of them, most of them play it at different levels. They don't, I don't think a lot of the hockey players are playing fantasy hockey, but most of them play it and have their own league. So it's, it's pretty, right. it's a pretty common topic with, with all, all athletes. Oh, for sure. And Nick, uh, I'm seeing on Twitch here, Nick TVIP saying, sign him up on UFF. And yeah. you know what? He was, I, I, I got to chat with him a little bit before he's, he was certainly intrigued. Um, so that's something I think after tonight, look, Let's show him some love. Let's share the link. Tag on Twitter at the Tommy Dreamer. Same thing on Instagram. Tag him, telling him you're loving the show. You're, and let's get some UFF Sports support and hype up Tommy. And let's see, maybe, you know, how, how cool would that be having Tommy Dreamer on the show talking some fantasy baseball on UFF Sports? Who knows? Beautiful. I love it. Okay, so for everybody watching, uh, on Twitch, in the chat, uh, let's let's do the uh, the ultimate right now. What? Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Drop the name in the chat. We'll get them on the show. Andy, I, this might be hard for you. It's easy for me. Jake the Snake Roberts, no Love doubt. That. The DDT, uh, you know, Damien, the feud with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, the feud with Rick Rude. Uh, it was just so awesome. And I know Jake has had some some tough times in his life, but sounds like things have have certainly turned around and i just i just thought you know he was the ultimate evil guy he brought a freaking snake to the ring man so that was my favorite you know everybody i had a few other guys that i did like but ultimately i was a jake the snake guy so who was your favorite and then we'll get to some of them in the uh, in the chat as well man oh i gotta tell you i i I love jake the snake and he has turned his life around thanks to diamond dallas page who I've interviewed a bunch of times as well. And boy, that guy's as close to a saint as you're going to find in the wrestling business, DDP. Um, but remember, Dean, as well, they had, it was the, the few with Macho Man where we brought out the Cobra, and the Cobra wouldn't let go of Macho's arm. Right. And it was like, and Jake told the story. He said that Macho Man, who was like, just in general, in life, super paranoid, he thought, even though Jake's like, look, the snake's been de-ven- right. no venom. They take the venom out. Macho Man didn't believe him, believe him. So Jake had to take the Cobra and have it bite him in front of Macho Man to prove there was no venom. So what Jake said he did is he went in the ring. He's like, stupid Macho Man. So he, 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 not, not good from, you know, from a PETA standpoint, but in the bag before he took it out, he smacked the snake around to really get it angry. Eey. And then it wouldn't let go of Macho's arm. <laughs> and it dragged on. So Classic. my favorite of all time, and Dean, I don't know if you guys can see in the back here, I got a Hollywood Hulk Hogan. I got, I am a Hulkamaniac, bar none, forever. Okay? Hulk Hogan, forever. Like I said, the first match I ever saw on TV, and I can remember it clear as day in my mind's eye, eight years old, Hogan, Andre, the referee switch job, the twin switch, super famous angle. I've been a Hulkamaniac ever since. Went to WrestleMania 6 in Toronto. Cried. Dean cried in 1990. <laughs> When he lost to the Ultimate Warrior, still hate. I hate the Ultimate Warrior up to his dying day because of that. I did. I'm not, I'm not happy to say it, but I did. Damn it. And, <laughs> and then as a WrestleMania 18 when he faced The Rock, I adore 
Hulk Hogan, the wrestler, what he did for the business. I don't think there is any doubt that when you look at what the business of wrestling became because of him and Vince McMahon, without Hulk Hogan, there's no WrestleMania. There's no boom, rock and wrestling connection, Cindy Lauper, Mr. T. Right. Uh, there, there's nothing with that. Certainly people across along the way, Ric Flair, there's a whole bunch of greats. But nobody said it to mainstream like Hulk Hogan. You go anywhere in the world, say Hulk Hogan, people know who you're talking about. And uh, like, I just want to visit Hogan's Beach Shop in Florida. He's got like a, hmm. a, a, a bar down there. I want to go down. See you got a stone? Thing. Do you have a stone cold back there too? I do have a stone cold yeah. bobblehead. And I thought I'll, that's I'll what tell it you was. Quick, I'll tell you a quick stone cold story here, Dean. Um, so I, I wrote for Slam Wrestling from 2005 to 2010. I got to do a, a, go to a lot of cool events. One of them was Stone Cold Steve Austin's movie premiere of his... I, got, I watched it. I watched The Condemned. It was, it was pretty good for what it was. But I got in Toronto, Scotiabank Theater. He, they had the premiere. And I got to stand red carpet, Dean, as Stone Cold Steve Austin came person by person. And I got to ask him two questions uh, on the wow. red carpet. I, I couldn't tell you what those questions were. I said some things and he answered it. I don't think any of it registered. <laughs> but it was super cool. And Stone Cold, nice guy. Really, they, they bill him at 6'1", and I'm not six feet, Dean, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, we were looking nose to nose. I, I, I don't know about the height thing, but, uh, you know, uh, Stone Cold was super cool. That, that was certainly a highlight, uh, getting that. So, yeah, that's, that's my Stone Cold story. Ah, I love it. Uh, Andrea says, yeah, let's go Tommy and Hulk Hogan, also uh, her favorite. Oh, yeah. uh, Nick T, VIP, he's going with a hitman heart, uh, you know, for Canadians. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he got screwed, right? He got, he got screwed over. That's right. And, you know, I've, I've never forgiven WWE for that. Um, uh, Liz saying my favorite wrestler is Andy McNamara as Macho Man Randy Savage. So we, you, Ooh, might, yeah. you might have to give us, okay, can you give us like 20 to 30 seconds of Macho Man promoting chin lock wrestling? Go. Ooh, okay. Okay. All right. Listen, brothers, what you're looking at tonight is the Chinlock wrestling with Tommy Dreamer, the innovator of violence. Yeah, and what you're going to have is the cream of the crop because the cream always rises to the top here in UFF Sports, brother. And Tommy Dreamer gets the king and bashes CJ Fell, and he's going to win that title. Ooh, yeah. Dig it. <sighs> Awesome. I love it. I can't wait for it. Uh, there you go, Liz. That was, that was for, for Liz. Um, Nick says, I really like MJF in AEW, but uh, he's been AWOL yes. lately. And, yeah, you know what, uh, Nick? I, I'm with you on MJF. You got Here's the thing, Dean. We love the good guys and all that, but uh, you can also argue, while there would have been a WrestleMania and Hulk Hogan was integral, he needed the ultimate villain. He Rowdy needed a heel, Pepper, yeah. Nobody was that heel. And I don't think in that era could have done it the way that Roddy Piper did. And man, he made it. MJF, while not at that level right now, certainly is on that tier to do it. And I think it's a long play uh, kayfabe, they call it, where it's, you know, wrestling pretending to be real, uh, real life and, and acting it out. MJF has been complaining he's not getting enough money and all that. So he's been away for weeks and weeks and weeks. I hope he comes back at the All Out pay-per-view this Sunday for AEW because that guy... Um, he really has something special from that bad guy angle yeah. and that heel angle. Really cool. So I like that. I like that, uh, that pick there by Nick. 
Uh, awesome. Um, Liz says absolute legend. You And our, our viewers just shot up when you did the Macho Man promo, so we might have to do that a lot more. Andy, this yeah. is going to be great. Uh, we, we might have to do that. And listen, when fantasy wrestling gets out there, it's going to be UFFS. That's the home. So people, yeah. if you're interested yeah. in possibly fantasy wrestling, make sure you're checking out Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, UFFSports.com. We will get there. And if somebody does it, it will be us. But tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern, Andy McNamara with a call, Chin Lock Wrestling. Just final words, Andy, on what people can expect tonight. Man, again, guys, look, 7 o'clock, it's the perfect night to have. It's the last Thursday before NFL starts. Uh, There's no wrestling tonight. It's not AEW. It's not Friday SmackDown or Rampage. Uh, This is wrestling night, folks, okay? And it's 7 p.m. Eastern. And it's Tommy Dreamer, the hardcore legend. You're not going to see him anywhere else going for the heavyweight championship. No DQ. So you're seeing Tommy Dreamer in his element with weapons, with no rules, with absolute mayhem. He's going to be in action. And remember, two other matches, a battle royal, over-the-top 20-person battle royal. Other titles, tag titles, individual titles, all coming. I have the play-by-play, and it is going to be a super fun event and show. So make sure... You are checking that out tonight right here where you're watching right now on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports 7 Eastern. Tommy Dreamer, main event. Awesome. Thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. You betcha. There is Andy McNamara. Oh, man, that's going to be so good. Uh, Get your popcorn ready. Don't miss it. All right. We are going to take this commercial break. Uh, We will get to uh, this commercial break right now. Um, we'll be back in uh, a minute or so while you're on this break, enjoy the new details. Once again, about the ultimate crypto driving championship. You're going to love it. It's going to be wicked and we'll have more details, but check out this video while we're on commercial break. I'll get things lined up. We still got Peter Labardius to come at three o'clock, uh, five o'clock Eastern, What a wild show. Get yourselves ready to race at great heights to become the global sim racing champion. Create your crypto livery. Enter with the best designs. Enter to win prizes. Outrace your competition. Winning is all that matters. Watch the other racers in your rear view mirror. Gain massive exposure battling against the biggest names in crypto with a season-long race for the championship. Bring glory to your token. Drive like a champion, win it all. Be first or last. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing. Get behind the wheel and drive for your project.
All right. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. I'm, I'm still recovering from that segment with Andy McNamara. I'm so excited about the uh, Chinlock Wrestling tonight. Uh, thanks to everybody for joining us on uh, Twitch here and uh, jumping in to the conversation. Oh, Clark Monroe is here saying, Go Wheat Sox, hashtag UFLB. Old Man Power, Paul Goldschmidt, getting it done, among other people, for uh, the Wheat Sox. So... Big uh, news earlier today. We told you Russell Wilson, and you heard Andy. He's big on Russell Wilson and that AFC West. If you're looking at a quarterback and you don't want to jump on the Josh Allen early, um, you know, or Patrick Mahomes, depending on where you have them ranked, you got Carr, um, you got Herbert, or, or um, uh, yeah, Herbert, and you've got uh, Mahomes. I mean, there's a, a ton of good quarterbacks in that conference alone that you can get later on. So, beautiful stuff. Um, how about this home run last night? We, we talked about yesterday about Gunnar Henderson getting called up uh, for the Baltimore Orioles. So, fantasy baseball fans are like, oh, this is awesome. Gunnar Henderson called up. And uh, here's the tweet from Jeff Passan with an absolute nuke, as he called it, and loses his batting helmet. Uh, but this is awesome. And, of course, we wouldn't be talking about this without showing it to you. So take a listen and a look at Gunnar Henderson's first MLB home run and the salad that goes with it. On a 2-2, Henderson drills one. Right center field and deep. And gone! Oh, my goodness! His first Major League hit is his first Major League home run. The helmet is long gone, as is the ball. Let the hair flow, Gunnar Henderson. You're a big leaguer, and your first hit is sitting in right center field, deep in the seats in Cleveland. Well, that ball was crushed. Perfect pitch to hit it. You know, it's kind of what I was talking that's about. Stating when stating the obvious that that ball was crushed, uh, but, man, it was. Uh, Gunnar Henderson, uh, guns ablazing last night in his ML debut. I guess instead of swinging out of his shoes, you could say he just basically, uh, he just swung right out of his helmet. Pretty impressive. First, uh, not, not first at bat, second at bat, I think it was, which is still pretty awesome. be something that he'll be uh talking about um quite a lot i'm guessing uh as a to his grandchildren on a 2-2 henderson drills one yes. right center no field and deep and gone oh my goodness his first major league hit is his first major league home run the helmet is long gone as is the ball no doubt about it for Gunnar Henderson. Who cares about the helmet? Let the flow go. And awesome. Look at this picture here. Uh, family celebrating, obviously. But this picture. Him and Adley Rushman. The future. Congratulating. You know, that's the, the future of this uh, franchise. What a pitcher there. Uh, the number two prospect, according to Major League Baseball, helped keep the O's uh, keep pace. Two back now of the Jays. Jays lost, so that's great for 
the Baltimore Oriole fans, who thought they would you know, ever have a chance at getting into Major League Baseball's playoffs, and now they're doing it with young players, which is awesome. I, I just love, uh, you know, obviously I'm a big prospect guy, uh, so I love prospects of, of any kind, really, that can step in and make an impact. And, you know, when you are the number two ranked prospect in baseball, I think there's obviously some expectations, but I don't think anybody had expectations of uh, a home run in a second at bat. So I thought, I thought that was very, very impressive. And uh, what a story that Gunnar Henderson, who has one of the best names in baseball, obviously, is going to have to uh, tell his family and friends. All right, really quick break. I'm going to get uh, our next guest all lined up. Peter Labardius of Flames Radio is going to join us. We're back in one minute. Just after 5 p.m. Eastern, this is uh, Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily. My name is uh, Dean Millard, and it is a pleasure to be here with you today. Uh, big announcement from UFF Sports earlier, VR1 Racing, Professional Sim Racing League. Uh, get the details at uffsports.com. It's going to be a lot of fun and a great opportunity, a great vehicle, uh, pun intended, uh, for uh, marketing and advertising. So check that out. You will not be disappointed in uh, certainly what we have going. All right. Uh, I am uh, pleased to uh, bring in my next guest. Uh, he is a color analyst with the Calgary Flames, Mr. Peter Labardius, and it will do a lot better. There we go. Peter, how are you? I am excellent, Mr. Millard. I'm excellent. Uh, awesome. I am so glad uh, I ran into you at uh, the World Juniors uh, in the summer edition. And, and I think that's where I want to kind of start. I mean, the finish and, and, and the start of the tournament and, and everything else, uh, I, I don't even care about. It's the summer tournament. I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be full in Halifax. 
But the end of this tournament, Peter, I mean, I don't know. You have covered uh, a lot of these tournaments like I have. And this McTavish play, it's almost up on like the Eberly-like uh, status of, of Canadian World Junior lore, isn't it? it? It might actually have a slight edge just because of everything that had to happen. Now, you know, Jordan set the table for a gold medal. This guy didn't set the table. He took the dishes. He had to turn off the faucet. And, you know, a minute later, Canada still had to go the other way and score a goal to win the gold medal in overtime. Um, you know, Dean, I was with my son that night enjoying it or not really enjoying it that much, thinking that the puck was entering the net. And I still, I've watched this 30,000 times, not that part, but the part that came before it. And I thought it was done. From my angle, it was when it went over top of Dylan Grand, I didn't think there's any way the puck could stay out. And was amazed, actually, when I got back to my son's house to really see how incredible it, it truly was. But um, it's one of those moments that will, for me, and I love international sports, as you know, uh, on all fronts, all types of different events and sports. But that for me will probably go down as one of the top five or six nights I've ever experienced in sports period. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just, <laughs> it's like, and then to, to go right back right after and Ken Johnson, who I thought probably could have had about 15 goals in that tournament, but the oh. puck was bouncing all over the place. Uh, it was just, it was just something else, and you, you know, obviously, you feel for you know Hola who who came in and did such an admirable job. But man, that that was uh, after a really quiet week. That was something else that night. Like I said, Dean, it it, it will go down for me as one of my all time favorite nights. Um, you know, let's let's be frank. Uh, before the Saturday night final. For those people, and I was actually sitting beside a gentleman and his son, that it was their first World Junior. And mm. until the final night, as we talked about even before the game, I, I just wanted everyone who hadn't really experienced it the way I have and many of us have in the past to at least get what it's all about. And that Saturday night with the great crowd, um, an incredible hockey game, a beyond unbelievable ending to a hockey game, a Canadian victory in Canada. Yeah, I mean, what what more could you want? Yeah, and and you know, it was such just a, such a bizarre ten days or or whatever it was, mm -hmm. and it finished. It finished perfectly, and, you know, everything that was going on from, you know, like the heat wave, where you want to talk about the prices, it was all forgotten in that moment, and, and none of those kids, it wasn't, they had nothing to do with it. They were just playing their hearts out. Finland, yes. you know, I thought all tournament was, was really, really good, and it was just an excellent... You know what the other thing I liked about this tournament, Peter? Only one team had double-digit goals scored on them, and we don't often see that. So oh, I thought this right. was also a very competitive tournament as well. Well, you know, and, and we talked a number of days upstairs um, when I was sitting in that part of the world. And the fact of the matter is, let's take Latvia, Dino, just as a perfect example. They were incredibly competitive. You know, as the tournament went on, you 
had a better understanding why Canada only beat them five to two on opening day for Canada. Uh, they're going to be, I think, even better in Halifax. They have 16 guys who can return. But you're right. You know, I mean, generally, and I'm so sick and tired of hearing it, you know, every world junior is how you beat Latvia or somebody else 16 to nothing. But it also proves another thing that's bugged me. It's one of the only things about this event that has bugged me, and that is the qualification process. Because with relegation, and we're going to get it again for the first time in a number of years in Halifax and Moncton, well, what happens is the team that qualifies in the previous November generally is loaded with 19-year-olds they don't get to play in the actual, as I like to call it, big tournament itself. And that's another reason why, you know, some of those, if you will, lesser-like countries take it in the teeth by those kind of scores. But see, with this group, they're kind of like the Denmark group going back to 2015. Yeah. And you could you could see that one coming with Ehlers and Alexander True and Bjorkstrand and go on down the line. And they ended up being in the tournament for five years. Well, you know, I there's no way Latvia gets relegated. Like Austria is going to go. I know that right now. And, and I think Latvia is going to be a very competitive group. Now they've lost their goalie. He was dynamite. They've lost mm -hmm. their captain. But the fact is, further to my point, they came here with the type of group that they qualified with, not you know, leaving that for a younger group and a different group. Yeah, and it's it's so weird. Like, Germany got lucky when they had Stutzla and Paterka in that well, actual tournament right. year, right? But a lot of times, and, you're and right. one year, even cider. That, that, that's right. So you get, most of the time, the team that qualifies, uh, then the team that, that shows up for that qualification is much weaker. So it is a, uh, th that is the tough part. Um, I still think that even, you know, a team that loses 9-3 to three against Canada, if that's the case, that's still, you know, their game sometimes, their big win, and they oh, learn absolutely. from that. They do learn from, you know, I don't think you learn from playing equal or below competition. You learn from playing above your level in my opinion yeah and i and i've always been the same way and i mean we have this i mean it's going on right now at the world women's hockey yeah. championship and that one's even a little bit different because those two countries canada and the united states they just keep driving the level amongst themselves up and up but but i agree and and the other thing is sometimes dean everybody wants this equalization to happen overnight it doesn't work that way it doesn't. It might take 20 more years in the women's game, for an example, to have more than just two countries be really, really competitive. Like even the Czechs today. Mm -hmm. The Czechs won the biggest game ever in their women's hockey history. Well, that's going to do a lot for that country and the funding. And so, you know, I know we're getting, I'm getting off topic a little bit, but, you know, that. Those Latvia situations, um, you know, the checks on the women's side, that's how you start to grow and get better. 
Yeah, and and it's uh, oddly enough, it was Latvia that got the Czechs really going at that tournament when they beat them, and they were embarrassed, and and they oh, wanted yeah. to come back. But it was a huge, huge moment for Latvia to to go through. And you know, today even in the women's world, Canada uh, competitive game against Sweden, the USA, you know, beat a, a country like Hungary twelve one, and congratulations to Hillary Knight, the all time leading scorer, passing uh, Haley Wickenheiser, uh, which kind of brings me back to Calgary, uh, which of course you. You uh, watch regularly as an analyst on the radio broadcast for the Flames. And I'll admit it, Peter, I wrote the Flames off when Gaudreau left and Kachuk wasn't going to sign. I said the Battle of Alberta was one year. It was fun while it lasted. And then I, I should have known to not uh, uh, to not give a chance to a former Brandon Weeking to rectify it. And Brad Tree Living <laughs> has had the summer of Brad. I mean, this guy, and it's weird. Ottawa was the hot team near the draft, Montreal, and then Calgary comes in and, and just, uh, I think that this is amazing. I really think what Brad Trilliving did sometimes takes a team two or three years to do. He reacted so fast and so quickly. I, I'm so impressed. Well, you know, obviously I'm a little biased. I'm a big fan of that gentleman and have been not only as a general manager, but maybe even more importantly as a person in my dealings over the last, you know, going on towards a decade now. Uh, You know, Dean, the way it's all unfolded in Calgary is quite fascinating in the sense that, you know, and Brad makes no bones about it. uh, You know, his first priority was to try to sign both of the guys that end up leaving long term. But as I think we all know, and I always like to relate things to life and change is never easy. Well, sometimes you don't do some things until you absolutely have to. And the fact of the matter is, and I don't make no bones about this, and I don't want to disparage either one of those two guys. They're terrific players. But Dean, from a personal standpoint, I couldn't have gone out and almost handpicked a better situation than the one the Flames have ended up in. And, and, and I'm glad you talk about it in the way of the Battle of Alberta because you have to look at it that way. They're in your division. They have premier players at the top. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to go about your business to be better and truly compete? So now with Lindholm, Backlund, and Kadri down the middle, um, as I've talked about several times in, in Calgary, I really thought one thing that happened in the playoff series, and tough to completely assess, because I think not having Chris Tanev for games one, two, and three was a huge factor in that series. But I thought the Flames needed to add to their top four or their defense going into the season period. And I think Mackenzie Weger, as much as there's, and there should be talk about Huberto and obviously Kadri, I think the guy who may end up making as big a difference as almost anybody is Uyghur. Yeah, there, there is, there is like honestly, Peter. I, I when I first heard that trade, I thought maybe Elliot Friedman's Twitter account got hacked because I'm like, I can't believe I, I they got the same thing. Yeah, it's weird. I, I really didn't believe they could get such a return. And Huberto, as Arnie on our chat on Twitter, uh, uh, pointing out, he's he they have Huberto on the fantasy side, so they're really excited about it. Which brings yeah. people to wonder: the Flames look different. 
Will they mm-hmm. play different? And, you know, will they have 200-point guys again? Uh, you know, is Huberto going to be a different player than he was in Florida? What are your expectations from that? Because there's a lot of people uh, with Mackenzie Weger, with uh, Huberto, with Kadri that are wondering, can these guys put up the same numbers they did in other organizations? Well, it's a great question. And obviously, uh, on a fantasy program, I know exactly why people, by and large, are tuned in. Um, I don't always think about it in that respect, <laughs> but I, I will say this. Um, I can see Huberto and Elias Lindholm um, being a tremendous combination. Uh, you know, do I necessarily think that Jonathan's going to get 115 or 116? Not necessarily, but I won't be surprised if he's in the 100 neighborhood again. I won't. And I also wouldn't be surprised if Elias Lindholm scores 50. Because the fact of the matter is, I think the Flames' power play, Dean, is going to be better. Um, They have, you know, as as you know as well as anybody, you know, he generates a lot on the power play, way more than Johnny did, which, I mean, there's there's two sides to that coin. But if you're talking about putting up points, I think Uyghur will help on the power play as well. Um, you know, Kadri is going to be a big addition. So I just, you know, at the end of the day, fantasy wise, team wise, they're better for me. They just, they're a better team. Now I'm not saying they're going to win the division or the point totals are going to be exactly the same, but I don't think the Calgary flames are going anywhere. And I think they're going to be far more prepared to be a better playoff team with their personnel now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like, I don't think that, uh, like, I think Nazem Kadri uh, comes in and whether he has the same, I don't really think he's going to have the same point totals, but he's the aggressive style and, and uh, really, I think just a terrific all around player. Uh, Huberto is uh, terrifically offensive and a great all around player. I think this is, you know, this is a Flames team that's probably not going to play a different style, but might look different come the playoffs. Well, I don't know if they'll play much of a different style either, but, you know, Daryl is more than intelligent enough <laughs> to understand you have to play a certain way depending on who your personnel is. And, you know, the buzzword in hockey now, and for good reason, is how do you check? Because how you check matters. But checking isn't about defending. Those are two very different things. And checking has a lot to do with how you hem other people in their zone so you can have more time with the puck and possess it in the right parts of the rink. And, you know, I think strength up the middle is everything in sports, regardless of almost the team sport period. The Calgary Flames are better down the middle than they've ever been since I've been around them. And by and large, I have since 2008. Uh, I don't have any trouble saying that. And they're better on defense. And they're pretty good in goal. Now, I know Jacob was certainly not at his best in the series, and he'd be the first guy to tell you that. But this is a pretty this is a pretty good team. And, you know, all I heard about last year is how crappy the Pacific Division was. Yeah. Well, guess what? It's not so crappy, is it? 
Yeah, well, the, I, I definitely think the Flames and Oilers battle for the top, and there's, you know, Vegas is going to have a say, and there's, there's the division is getting more Vancouver's and more competitive. Be yeah, better. yeah, and LA, LA took a step, you know. Like, listen, LA with Dowdy in that series last year against the Oilers, it's a lot different series. You take that guy out of any team, and it's oh. it's going to be a drop off. So I, but I do think Peter and 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 you've been on both sides of the Battle of Alberta. I have. Um, uh, I think that we are so lucky right now because for so long, one team was good and the other wasn't good or they both weren't good. I mean, you really have to go back to the 80s and that's dating how old you and I are, but it was so good then. It's a different time, but it's it good in a, just as good in a different way. Last year was so awesome and I just, I'd love to see another decade of it like we saw in the Smythe in the 80s. Well, I mean, that would be great. And you're right. I mean, society is different. Hockey is different. You're not, you're not going to get what we got growing up as kids. Um, but you're right. Skill-wise, passion-wise, I always said I was worried about the Battle of Alberta. Not what would go on on the ice, but what would happen off the ice in this social media world that we live in. I don't think anybody passed or or anything after this series was done but you're right we are we are incredibly lucky and the only thing we're not lucky is really nice of the schedule maker to make sure they only played three times this year (laughs) and 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 two of them are all said and done before october is even expired so that's that's a little unfortunate but what are you gonna do yeah, I guess you can't have it all. We'll save it all uh, for hopefully for the playoffs, uh, the playoffs right? Get another seven well, games this we'll time, see. right? So, we'll Peter, uh, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I've always enjoyed our conversations and, and your passion for not just the NHL, but junior hockey. I know you're such a huge fan. And, and before we go, how about the Brandon Wheat Kings? Marty Murray uh, being hired oh. as a GM. Uh, I know you know Marty, and, and I've, you know, I've known Marty since high school yeah. and heard the stories. I'm just so excited for him to be in this league. Four former Week King GMs in the WHL. I'm going to make a prediction someday he gets to the NHL as a GM. But a great hire by the Brandon Week Kings and great for that league to get him back in it as a former player of the year. Well, you know, I, I haven't dealt with Marty for a long time, but I sure did deal with him a lot back in the day. Um, and got to know him and his and his family even when I was the voice of the Estevan Bruins because as you know they're from Lyleton, Manitoba. Um, he's just about as fine a human as you would ever meet in the sport. Period, plain and simple. He was a he was a marvelous junior. Um, you know, people even forget. You know, on one of Canada's greatest World Junior teams was the team in 1995 that was the first Canadian team to go a perfect 7-0. and Well, guess who led the way and had 14 points in that event? Marty Murray. Um, smart, cerebral, kind, respectful. They're, the league's lucky to have him. They were lucky to have him as a player, and, and they're very lucky to have him back. So I can't, honestly, I can't wait to run into him again. I, yeah. I just, he... You know, I don't know. One day I'm going to share my all-time favorite list of guys with somebody somewhere. But uh, he's a gem. He is a gem. He, he absolutely is, and when you do uh, share that list, I, I, I'd love to chat with you about it because I'd love to hear it because I know you've dealt with some really great guys, and I really appreciate you giving me some time today. I hope we can do it again uh, anytime, during the season. Anytime, my friend. My pleasure.
All right. Take care, Peter. There's Peter Labardius, who is a radio color analyst with the Calgary Flames. As mentioned, worked both sides of the Battle of Alberta. Just a great, great man. Love talking hockey. And uh, I was always uh, uh, grateful to have him on the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming uh, when we were on that one. Uh, uh, Mara Mara says, hello, Peter. Uh, Andrea, welcome, Peter. Sorry, I didn't get to those earlier. But Arnie says, thanks for asking that question, Dean. Awesome answer by Peter. I do hope he's right. I echo most of what he said. And he says, Huberto did have a minute and 50 shorthanded time of ice per game last year. So I do look forward to seeing how this all unfolds with Daryl Sutter. And that's important because in our question of the day today, uh, we're asking you what stat change did your league make this year? And one of them that our hockey league, this massive uh, ultimate fantasy hockey league, the most realistic fantasy league you will ever see, 32 teams, full rosters. We had a shorthanded time on ice. It's going to be a game changer. It's, uh, it's going to bring other players up to a higher level and make them more valuable. I mean, when you're, when you're in a full fantasy league with a full salary cap, I mean... You need to get value for a guy who doesn't get 40, 30, 50 points, but contributes a lot. So I'm really excited about that. I'd love to hear from you in our Twitch chat. What is one fantasy stat that your league has added this year? All right. When we return, we're going to chat about our NHL team preview today. The Buffalo Sabres. Also, is A-Rod making a comeback? We'll see. Until then, enjoy mascots dominating kids in football. I'll be back in a second. Everybody enjoyed uh, those mascots uh, just crushing those kids. That's so funny. They're just just destroying them. Uh, I don't like. Uh, do those mascots get in trouble? Is that what they're supposed to do? I mean, that was some pretty rough stuff from some of those mascots. Also, great stuff from Peter Labardius. 
of uh, the Flames Radio Network. He a uh, color analyst on the radio broadcast and I like I the other night I was listening to the Yankees Angels on the radio brought but baseball game. I just love it. Sports on the radio is is great if you have a uh, a person that paints the picture. Peter does a great job of that as a color analyst on the Flames broadcast on Fan 590. Thank you so much to everybody joining us here on uh, our Twitch channel. Hit that subscribe, like our videos, uh, join up. We're here Monday to Friday, 4 to 6 p.m., talking fantasy, talking fun, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can check out the schedule. You can check out our social media and our website, uffsports.com. Huge announcement today with our sim racing. Uh, We'll uh, run that video one more time. But uh, right now it is time for our NHL team-by-team preview brought to you by Dauber Sports. And we're going with the Swords today, the Buffalo Sabres. We'll get rid of that ticker so everybody can see what's going on with the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, This is a depth chart from Puckpedia, and it's interesting. I'll pull up the actual uh, depth chart from Dauber Hockey, and you'll see. So they got Skinner, Thompson, and Olafson. Skinner, Thompson, and Alex Tuck. So there are differences, as we've seen from the last couple of days when we do do these previews compared to what, you know, daily face-off might have. Uh, you know, Dauber Hockey is looking at what lines might work the best. And I got to tell you, I like the Buffalo Sabres and the potential that this team has. Um, again, another team, probably like the Anaheim Ducks, that's not going to make the playoffs but might be able to help you win your fantasy league. And so Tage Thompson signed the big deal yesterday, seven years, $7 million. If you're in a fantasy league that tracks cap hits, you're loving it. Guy scored 38 goals. He's only making $7 million. Deal. And the Stallions loving that because they also have Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner was formerly on our franchise, Duckman's Domination, but we traded uh, in a big deal to get uh, Bo Horvat. And so the Tage Thompson-Jeff Skinner combo is going to be excellent for the Stallions in UFHL. The Monarchs, George Batchel, loving Rasmus Dallin and the production that he has, 50 points, uh, 53 points from the blue line. And, uh, the you know, there, there's a few um, probably... Uh, Contenders, you might say, for uh, the breakout player, uh, whether that's Quinn or Dylan Cousins. Uh, but I'm going with Owen Power. I think we're going to see. It's going to be fun. Uh, he's going to be, you know, probably, I'm guessing, uh, sheltered on a, uh, a second pairing. I'm um, just trying to see what... Um, yeah, there's the pair. He's on the second pairing according to... Dauber hockey as well. So I think that's good. Uh, The only question you have is in goal. And, you know, we talked about uh, Jake Ottinger signing with the Dallas Stars yesterday. uh, Uko Pekalukanen, UPL as he's commonly known as, uh, for the Sabres, signed a two-year deal under 900000 We love that as Duckman's domination because we have him as our goalie of the future. I think by the time his contract is over, he's either gone from Buffalo or the number one goalie in Buffalo. That's, that's, the, that's what I think is uh, going to end up happening um, with uh, UPL. 
Um, so that's the question mark I have for the Sabres is in goal. Um, obviously, as a non-play, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. But for a fantasy perspective, there is some interesting possibilities. You know, Peyton Krebs possibly. So they're young, and they're, they're, they've gotten over their Jack Eichel uh, gong show that that was. And it looks like they're actually building something of some substance again. So I'm, I'm a, I like uh, the parts. I like some of the parts, not the whole part. Again, not a playoff team, but certainly some players that you are going to want to look at. You know, depending on how deep your league is, depends on how deep you want to go. But the Sabres have some interesting guys on the blue line as well. And they have uh, for a while. So uh, the Buffalo Sabres, again, not a playoff team. But if you can combo up Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner, like the Stallions in the UFHL, you're liking it. If Craig Anderson can hold up, then maybe the Sabres have a chance. Or if at some point they have Eric Comrie as a backer up, if UPL uh, you know, goes off at some point, then sure. Maybe there's a chance. I'm not giving them much of a chance, but if things go right, I guess stranger things have happened. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! Uh, By the way, uh, the Dodgers and the Mets are in a tight one right now. 2-1. The Dodgers are leading in the uh, bottom of the fourth. I'm just trying to see what Kirsch is up to. Three and a third, five strikeouts. And one earned run. Jacob DeGrom was really good last night. What a night in New York last night. What a wild night in New York. I mean, you got Serena Williams at Flushing Meadows. Five minutes away at City Field, you got Jake DeGrom taking on the Dodgers. And both was spectacular. I had both games on the two TVs in, in my living room. And it was amazing to watch, you know, one inning. I'd listen to the ball game, one inning. Uh, or one uh, later on, I watched the tennis and Serena was great uh, against the number two ranked player in the world. Uh, so it was a it was a fun. You know what? Um, you, you look at Degrom, and he's so fun to watch. He was pretty good, but the guy who is deadly is Edwin Diaz. Like as per usual, he closed it out for the Mets. Brandon Nemo robbing a home run of Justin Turner was big too. Uh, so also, I don't know if you saw this, Nick Kyrgios played last night and he was complaining about weed smell. So apparently he's not a fan of the herb. He said he has asthma. I, like you can't smoke in the, the flushing meadows. You can't smoke in there. So either it was wafting in from somewhere else or somebody lit the herb in the uh, U.S. Open, which is not cool. These are people are trying to play and dominate and win and all that stuff. So it was a really cool night, though, last night to watch things, how they things unfolded. Um, you know, the Dodgers, they have really nothing to play for except momentum going into the uh, playoffs. Kershaw, 
Normally, I wouldn't be a fan of starting a guy when he comes right off the IL, but today I would have had him in the lineup, and I did have him in my fantasy lineup. Seven starts at City Field, 4-0 record, 50 strikeouts in 42 and a third, 55 strikeouts, now you can count it, a 1.85 ERA and a whip under one. Um, so now if you had nobody else going, you're obviously throwing in there, but sometimes when guys come off the injured list, I'm not a fan of starting them right away just because I don't know how effective they're going to be unless it's a guy like Kershaw, you know, when Verlander comes out, get him out there right away. Uh, and, and the other thing is, you know, Kershaw, I think he threw 70 pitches in a simulated game or something like that. So he should be able to go and get you a quality start today, which would be six innings and less than uh, three runs. Uh, speaking of um, speaking of uh, adding stats, quality start for goalies in hockey is something that I'd like to see. I'm pushing it for in the UFHL. Um, if you look at like maybe like 30 saves, less three goals, Baseball six innings, so that's, you know, uh, two-thirds of the game. Uh, so if you say 30 saves and less than three goals is a quality start, I think uh, I think that would be cool. Uh, Mooch says, of course you can. Everyone smokes now. It's legal with weed vapes. Try going to a Yankee game. But you would get kicked out of Yankee Stadium if you lit a joint. I'm, I understand vaping. I know people can vape and you can't smell it. But if you just light a joint... Somebody's kicking you out. It's like the people that were having sex at Rogers Stadium the other day. Security was on them. So I, I like I understand vapes. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I get that people can go and vape, but straight up smoking a weed, lighting the leaf, you're getting kicked out for that. I know it's legal. It's legal here. I can't light a joint at a Elks game or a Prospects game. Uh, I can't go to, you can't even leave an Oiler game and get back in now. Uh, I don't think that's changed. So obviously different in, in the States and New York, but I would think if you're lighting a joint at the U.S. Open, you're getting kicked out. Because it's obvious, if, if Nick Kyrgios can smell it, everybody can smell it. That's just me, though. That's just my thought process. This is kind of neat. I want to play this, uh, this video uh, if I can get it to, uh, to roll out. So Albert Pujols, we're on the 700 home run watch. He sits at 694, most by almost 200 for active players. Miguel Cabrera is the next closest guy. Fifth all time, just two back of A-Rod. Or is he? A-Rod had something to say about this. My main man, Albert Pujols, you're two home runs shy of tying me for 696 home runs. You see me rocking my pinstripes, and now that 13's available back with the Yankees, I may have to little, make a little comeback and race you to 700. What do you say? There you go. A-Rod joking around, and obviously Pujols is going to get there. This is fun. I've, I've really enjoyed watching Albert Pujols crush baseballs again. I hope he doesn't retire. So Mooch says one-hitters, people are discreet. Yeah, I, I, you could still smell a one-hitter, though. Like, I get it. I get what Nick Kyrgios is saying. And I don't know. 
Listen, I tried hiding a one-hitter from my parents. They knew right away what the hell was going on. People aren't dumb. Like, even a one-hitter, it gives off a big smell. I don't know. Uh, One other really cool thing that uh, we need to tell you about is the logo challenge at UFF Sports. We're down to the final four, and here are the contestants. The Warriors and the Stingrays in one semifinal. And then you got the Black Bears and the Sparrows in the other semifinal. You can also uh, win prizes just for voting. So head to uffsports.com slash bracket challenge and find out all the details on that one. Uh, Prestige Worldwide Sports says, Flames are obviously the favorite in the Pacific Division. They won it last year and improved on paper. Division as a whole could be more competitive, though. L.A. will be better. Some wild cards in Vancouver and Vegas. Central is still stronger, but perhaps the Pacific won't be a weakling like last year, as Peter suggested. Yeah, I think the... I think the uh, I, don't, I don't think the Flames are the obvious favorite. Like, I think that's... That's obviously from a Flames fan. Uh, I think you're at very least co-favorites with the Oilers. The Oilers' goaltending has improved. Um, they haven't lost uh, much from last year. They're they're going to throw. They're going to lose Duncan Keith, which is, to me is an improvement, uh, addition by subtraction. Um, so it's that's fine. I think it's great. It's, it's going to be great though. The best thing is that you can go in and argue that who's going to be the division favorite: Oilers or the Flames. I would say the Oilers with improved goaltending. I think the, the Jack Markstrom is a better goaltender, but the Oilers' goaltending is better, and, and they won it last year. You know, Bob Stoff were predicting a couple of 50-goal seasons for McDavid and Dreisaitl. I think Bouchard's 54 points that he's predicting is a little much, but it is what it is. It's going to be awesome. The Battle of Alberta. And for fantasy, you got depth on both sides. So, in you know, you're going to get guys participating uh, in a lot of different stuff. All right. When we come back, we're going to tell you about VR1 racing, why you should be excited about this, and also games to watch. Tonight, you got the Williams sisters in doubles. We'll get into a few other things. We'll try to update you on what's going on with the UFBA. Uh, Some 2019 MLB picks crushing it in Major League Baseball. And top shelf fantasy nights. Who was great last night and who will be looking to dominate this evening? All right. This is Ultimate Fantasy Sports Daily here on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. We're back in a second.
final segment of the program today. Thank you so much uh, to everybody uh, jumping on uh, our Twitch channel. It has been awesome to see the past couple of days, and uh, thank you so much. Uh, check out everything uh, that we have, our schedule, the website. Uh, chime in, tell us where you're watching from. It, it's been a lot of fun. We're trying to build something really cool. And uh, we we have something that so many people are... I just can't wait uh, for this. Uh, kudos, a uh, massive company on the blockchain that we are affiliated with, already signed up for all the ultimate crypto driving championship. Get yourselves ready to race at great heights to become the global sim racing champion. Create your crypto livery. Enter with the best designs. Enter to win prizes. Outrace your competition. Winning is all that matters. Watch the other racers in your rear view mirror. Gain massive exposure battling against the biggest names in crypto with a season long race for the championship. Bring glory to your token. Drive like a champion, win it all. Be first or last. If you're not rubbing, you're not racing. Get behind the wheel and drive for your project. The first two guys on that list of absolute strutters is Adley Rutschman and Bobby Witt Jr., members of Circus Sports Trout. These guys crushing it. Like, look at the numbers that these guys are putting up in er, the in you know this season Andrew Vaughn I believe of the Moonshots Riley Green from the Macaws Alec Manoa eleventh uh, overall pick of the Space Sluggers uh, the Barracudas have George Kirby and Michael Harris the third from Northern Fury so the 2019 class is crushing things right now uh, when it comes to Major League Baseball first second third fifth eleventh twentieth a third round pick absolutely dominating uh, right now strutting like Vince McMahon in major league baseball. So congratulations to those ultimate fantasy league baseball franchises who have those players and who are uh, getting the uh, benefits of some young talent. Uh, we mentioned Gunnar Henderson's first home run last night, an absolute rocket. So this is the time of year guys are getting called up uh, left, right, and center. And you have to be you know, paying attention, certainly if you're a fantasy club, to see if your player has been called up. Thanks for uh, the uh, heads up about the audio. I keep turning it off. Forgetting to turn it back on. I need like a sign or something like that. How about the night in fantasy? Joe Musgrove of the Reapers with an 18-point night last night for the Padres. Padres are coming on a little bit. Padres and Dodgers this weekend. By the way, we'll have inside UFLB 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern, or sorry, 6 p.m. Eastern on Sunday followed by a watch party, Dodgers Padres. Can't wait for it. Right here, twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports Sunday. 
So the Padres are, you know, starting to get going a little bit without Tatis. And, you know, I, they're, they're not, uh, nobody's catching the Dodgers, but the Padres could be a force in the playoffs, even without Fernando Tatis Jr. The Black Bears, they're loving what Kyle Wright did. Uh, so Musgrove, by the way, had a quality start, a win, double-digit Ks, 11 of them, gave up three earned runs, but no home runs. Kyle Wright of the Braves and the Black Bears, 15 and a half points, also had a quality start, also had a win, five less Ks. He's had six Ks, but nowhere in runs and a whip of one. Xander Bogarts, top shortstop in baseball, one of the best for the Red Sox. And Cavalry had 14 points, two for four with a home run, five RBIs and one run. Uh, he also drew a walk, uh, so getting on base, uh, big time helping uh, that out. And this is a great story. Lars Newtbar, by the way, one of the best names in baseball, for the Cardinals, who are a great story this year. I'm going to probably you know, be a playoff contender. But Lars Newtbar last night, this game went into the 13th inning against Cincinnati. Albert Pujols, who we talked about earlier, hit a sacrifice fly, and then Newt Barr comes in as a pinch hitter and drills a home run. Puts up 14 points. I don't know if the Eagles start, Arctic Eagles started him, but pinch hit, home run, 5 OPS, home run, RBI, run. That's a cool story. And sometimes you get lucky with pinch hitters. Like if, if you were back in the day as a fantasy team, and you had Matt Stairs, you might start him because he has the all-time record for home runs as a pinch hitter. Uh, it says Wright was a 20th round pick. That's impressive, man. When, when you're getting 15 and a half points out of a guy that you drafted in the 20th round, that's good drafting. That's smart. And, you know, it, it, I, I don't... I don't haven't looked at Kyle Wright's season, and I'm guessing he's not getting putting up 15 and a half points all the time. But anytime you get 15 and a half points from a guy that was a 20th round pick, that's pretty good. So congratulations to the Black Bears, who had one of the best videos uh, of our draft uh, uh, about which Black Bear or which bear is best. I, I I'll ruin it if I try to uh, get into it. It was uh, it was pretty impressive. Uh, I thought for sure. Uh, so uh, the news in hockey, I haven't checked to see if there's anything else uh, going on uh, in hockey other than Jake Ottinger signing. Yeah, Jake Ottinger signs with the uh, Dallas Stars. It's a four-year, a three-year, $4 million deal. And now the Stars have to turn around and direct the rest of the money that they have is uh, towards Jason Robertson. Kyle Wright is among the leaders of the National League for the Braves? Jeez, I have not been paying attention to the Braves enough. That's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive that the, the Braves are contending as well. I have not been paying attention enough to the Atlanta Braves, obviously. 15 and a half points last night might be like standard for Kyle Wright. That's pretty impressive. And that's how, you know, obviously you've got to hit. Like, listen, NHL teams are the same way. Major League Baseball teams are the same way. you got to hit on your top picks, obviously. You can't waste those. But you have to be able to find guys that are going to outplay their projections. Obviously, that's what the Black Bears have in fantasy baseball with Kyle Wright. That's impressive. 
just like this was impressive last night. On a 2-2, Henderson drills one. Right center field and deep. And gone! Oh, my goodness! His first Major League hit is his first Major League home run. The helmet is long gone, as is the ball. Let the hair flow, Gunnar Henderson. You're a big leaguer, and your first hit is sitting in right center field, deep in the seats. Like, when you have a flow like that, who cares about your batting helmet? Gunnar Henderson with an absolute rocket last night for the Baltimore Orioles. And like I said earlier, that picture right there with Rushman and Henderson is really exciting for uh, Baltimore Oriole fans, who nobody expected them to be, uh, I think, in the uh, the playoff contention. Um, quickly, wanted to give you an update on the Ultimate Fantasy Women's Basketball Association. Game two for the four remaining UFWBA and WNBA franchises in the books. And Aurora, the number one seed, closed the gap with a 33-point, 13-rebound performance from Asia Wilson. Double-double. Well done. 54.5 points. The number one seed, still twenty-two, uh, still a 22-point, 4-rebound, 4-assist outing from Candace Parker and near double-double from Courtney Vandersloot to keep the Sparrows up 250 to 212. Uh, more points from the Diamond Arrows in the other matchup. Number three seed, stay hot. Alyssa Thomas, John Quell Jones, Kelsey Plum, Tina Charles, Stephanie Talbot combined for a massive 135 points. Despite the Bull City Blazers grabbing 32.7 boards, three assists from Brianna Stewart, who had 48 points. Games three, Sunday. Games four, Tuesday. Games five, Thursday. Massive break uh, in that series, so... Uh, bizarre situation there. Uh, okay, that, uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that uh, we did. Oh, I, I, I mentioned this briefly, but congratulations to Hillary Knight of Team USA. They smoked hungry today, 12-1, but she becomes the all-time leading scorer at the Women's World Championship. Uh, Haley Wickenheiser had 86 points. And now with a two-point effort, Hillary Knight has 87. And it's expected that she is going to run away with that in a big way and um, set that record quite a bit. The other big story is the Cavaliers. Uh, we broke the... We, well, we didn't broke it. We, we told you about the breaking news from uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is uh, now a Cavalier at three... Non-protected first-round picks going the other way. That's a big deal in the NBA. And we talked to Show Ali yesterday, head of basketball, about the offseason in Cleveland now. How do you not look at them as a contender in the East? So pretty impressive stuff there. That was the big story when we came on the air today. Lots of fun today as well with Andy McNamara who will be joining this Twitch channel in an hour's time. 7 p.m. Eastern, right here. Chinlock Wrestling. Andy will have the call. You do not want to miss that. Uh, big thanks uh, to Andy for joining us today on the program, as he did the other day. 
also to Peter Labardius of Flames Radio. Um, whatever side of the Battle of Alberta you're on, it doesn't really, like, it's, you, you, you could say the Oilers are better, you could say the Flames are better. It's so close, they're even. Like, it's, it's more even than certainly it was in the 80s when the Oilers, you know, won most of the Smythe divisions. I, I honestly, I could see these two teams trading back and forth for the next couple of years, providing we'll see what happens with Vegas. But great conversation with Peter Labardius today. Also, shady guy. We didn't get into too much shady guy, but I, I wanted to hear from you guys about shady guy. Who, you know, what's an example of a guy or girl pulling off a shady move in fantasy, like trying to sneak a guy from the, you know, the minors up or the injured list or. You know, anything like that, not signing proper con, things like that. There's always Shady Guy, who's different than Loophole Guy. Loophole Guy likes to push the boundaries. Shady Guy outright cheats. That's that. By the way, we got a huge show tomorrow. Thor Nystrom is going to be here to talk college football. And I am chasing a former National Hockey League goaltender. Don't have a message back yet. Actually, you know what? Let me check right now, just in case I have a message back. We do have a message. It's not going to happen tomorrow, but Mike McKenna of Daily Faceoff is going to join the program at some point. So you'll want to be around for that former analyst with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Mike McKenna was going to try and get him on tomorrow. We'll get him on next week. I uh, talked to Marty Murray of the GM of the Brandon Wheat Kings about coming on this show. We're going to try to get as many cool people, great stories, great interviews for you. And if you have a request, please throw it out there. We'd love to try to get some of these people on the program. So Thor Nystrom tomorrow. Uh, Cam Turner's going to join us from the North Stars as well. And we'll see what else we can get up to before tomorrow's show at 4 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 6, right here on twitch.tv slash ultimate fantasy sports. My thanks to Andy McNamara, Peter Labardius, and to you, the viewer and the listener. If you missed the live show, you can catch it pod at uh, repeat on YouTube and podcast form on audio. Just search for Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network wherever you find that and on YouTube. Have yourselves a wonderful Thursday evening. Friday show is going to be so much fun. Can't wait for that one. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Sam. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.